they believe in the daily hustle and grind. And I think people, the average internet marketer has not gotten their head around that. That like you might have to grind your way through 25 different losses before you hit you. You know what I mean? Like Dan had a couple different businesses. He yeah, had he did. Online yeah. e-cig business. He had a, you know what I mean? Like he was not like never did anything on the internet. And he was just a guy like waiting to blow up. Like he was a serious business owner, like had talent, new marketing. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. We are live with the man that needs no introduction, Mr. James Smiley. How's it going, bro? What's up, man? Oh, you know, just out here cranking. Actually, I'll tell you what's up. Bro, I just got back from the dentist. Uh Uh-huh. I haven't been in the dentist in five years, dude. Um, <laughs> let, let me tell you something. So that's either going to be really good or really bad. Like you got this like epic pH in your mouth and you're just like perfect or, 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 or. I or wish, bro. I wish. To pay. <laughs> um, so I'm a pretty, I, I brush regularly. I brush my teeth regularly. Now I brush twice a day, like in the last like three months. But one thing that I have not done is flossed. Um, and that's where apparently it gets you. Um, I went in because I had a chipped tooth and it was causing me some pain. My back molar here. Mm. Um, guess what I need done, James? Don't tell me. Five cavities, a root canal, a crown, and a wisdom teeth all need to be removed, bro. Oh my gosh. It's going to be like four and a half grand. Oh man, dude. (laughs) And of course, I don't have insurance because, you know, I used to sell like life and health insurance and dental was yeah. a package. It's not worth it unless you're on like a group plan and you're getting sponsored by a company. So it's all like just cash pay, which yeah. I mean, sucks, but it's like, you know, it needs to be done and you're protecting your mouth. So they have to go through, they have to fill the cavities first. Then they have to go through and do the root canal. Then they have to remove the wisdom tooth and then they have to do the crown. And by the way, I'm leaving on a world trip in 30 days and they're like, it needs to be done before you leave 100%. So, so here's a, here's an interesting thing that I learned about the dentist industry. Cause I've done some consulting in it. Yeah. Uh, and then I did some consulting in like um, chiropractic and some of these other uh, MD on um, things is, so it's interesting. Like if you go in and say, <clears throat> cause they're basically putting you in a funnel right away. Oh, for okay. sure. <clears throat> like literally they, on the application yeah. that you filled out, it's like, how important is dental health to you? One to right. 10. How much right. pain are you in? I'm like, oh my God, I'm filling out your survey right now. I know. Yeah. And then the, the questions they ask you, it seems so nonchalant. Right. They're basically putting you in a, an ass campaign like right away. So it's like, um, you know, have you, have you had any um, sensitive teeth? Mm. Right. Have you had any, uh, you know, like, right, right, right. They're asking you all this stuff. They act like it's all nonchalant, but really they're going to hit you with what's called, and they teach us in school, it's called the presentation of findings, which when I heard about that, I go, 
You mean the sales pitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> I go, no, dude. This is the sales pitch, okay? Like, let's just get it out of the other. Oh, man. And so what's interesting is based on how you answer the questions, they will come back and tell you you need completely different set of things. Yeah, for sure. So, like, if you went and got a second opinion somewhere and said, oh, man, I, I, I just saw the dentist not that long ago. Um, I couldn't get in there, so I just came in here. Oh, yeah, man, I brush and floss every day. Oh, yeah, man, I do this. Like, like I don't have any pain teeth. I just have a chip. Like, you'll be surprised, like, what they will actually tell you. Oh, oh dude, I know. They tried to upsell me four other things. They tried to sell uh, me. A, and that, that four and a half grand is just like, I knew that my teeth were bad. Like, I knew I needed this done. They showed me where the cavities were. On the screen, though, they're like, oh, you should really get a mouth guard. That's 350 bucks, right? Custom-made mouth guard. Um, what was the other thing they wanted to have me do? Um, an electric toothbrush, because that was going to be better. The one that they recommended was like 280 bucks, which I thought was actually kind of cheap for an electric toothbrush. Right. Um, yeah, there was like another 15, 1600 bucks and stuff they tried to upsell me on, which, hey, I mean, like, I respect the hustle, but... So, so, so this, is, this is what's scary, is that Man. if you don't have your teeth right, you could actually die from it. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, dude, I don't know if I should believe you or not, but I think I'm just going to pay. Just right. So just in case though. Right. Because you're like, man. And what's funny because literally right before I went into this, I did a podcast interview with the lady and we were talking about health. And one of the things that she tells me, and she had no idea I was going to a dentist appointment. And she's like, yeah, there's a certain bacteria that can be found in your gums that can actually cause, um, what did she say that was, that can infect and it caused you, it wasn't cancer, but it was some other like big thing. And yeah. like, I go in and they're like, your gums are infected and, uh, you know, um, swollen. I'm like, great, I'm going to die. Right? <laughs> right, 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 right. So I'm already pre-programmed for it. So it was yeah. crazy though. I went in there and um, like, I'm thankful that I can afford it, but it's just, ooh, I, I don't know. I don't know how people that aren't, and it sounds so privileged, I get it. But like, I don't know how people without money make it. You know what I mean? Like, if you got two kids, three kids, right? Like you have three kids, right? But like, I'm just saying in general, if anyone has kids, like doctor's appointments and doctor's visits and all that, like I get why people think the government should help. Yeah. Like I get it. I don't agree with it, but I, I get it. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting here going, I just had to pay the IRS a buttload, right? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just because quarterlies yeah. and all that jazz or whatever. So it's just like, so you write that check. And I'm like, I just wrote, some people's salary for the year in, in taxes, right? right? In yeah. quarterlies. Uh, and then I go to the dentist and it's like, by the way, you need to pay $4,000. And you're like, all right, sucks, but I'm blessed to be able to do it. I don't get, I honestly don't know how, how people can afford just everything, which is why well, I believe people just need to learn sales and entrepreneurship and have a side hustle. Let, let's actually dive into this. Yeah. Is the, is the era of, if you're not an entrepreneur, like like a, a hustler like you and I are, and you are not in like well-educated corporate America, like you're, you're, you don't have a six-figure management position or whatever, is the era of one job over? Like only having, only having one job or one flow of income? Like, is that over? Like, do you I, need I, to have two jobs now? Uh, just, just to make it or? Mm -hmm. Like the average person, they're not a hustler, like they're not an entrepreneur, like just the average human being, right, in America. They, you know, maybe I, I, I think, I think it, it, uh, to a large extent, it, it definitely is. I think that just because technology and capabilities give people the, the, the capability to do things that they can never do. 
um, they're going to be trying all different kinds of things now. I mean, before, like, you know, having a side hustle is like going to the swap meet or selling like soap or clothes out of your right. garage. Right. Maybe like eBay, you know, you have eBay. Yeah, eBay was a big side hustle. Yeah. eBay account. But like now it's like, you know, ClickFunnels, Shopify, Amazon, um, and even just, just social media, right? Even just being able to connect with people, talk with people, all that, like you have so you have so much access. So um, I, I think like my, my, my assumption is that like um, that people are going to be doing, like they're going to be dabbling in their job and their nine to five in the gig based society. And that's just going to like, like all the younger kids, like your age and down, like that's just going to be a part of life. Right. You know I mean? like, like, like my, you know, I, I'm 39. So like my era, you know, even though I'm barely a millennial, like my era, um, and up was like, our gig was like playing sports or hopscotch or jump rope. Now it's like, these kids are going to start businesses, you know, in little side gigs and, or they're just going to be trying to become an influencer. You know, they're not even focused on the money. Yeah. They're going to do that. Um, and then w- one thing I've been talking about a lot is that like, I think the, the, the downfall that they're going to run into, and this is why people like me and you have a job, honestly, is, is that, that people nowadays have access to things that they didn't invest in. So they didn't put the, the skin in the game to build the app or build the technology or, or, or go out and get, you know, um, 10,000, save $10,000 so they could run ads. Like, because they can do it, on demand through SaaS, it's so easy and accessible that I think, um, like, like there, there's something that people learn and they, they have a respect for, for for the game. I guess you could say more when they've actually like put skin in the game. Yeah, hundred percent. And then that process actually inherently eliminates people who are not that serious. So right. now you have like a flood of people who are not really that serious. And that's not, that doesn't say they're bad or right. Right. There's not that serious. Right. They're just not actually that serious about it. Um, and, and, uh, and then they're kind of commingled and mixed in with people who are super serious about it. So it's kind of like hard to really decide, like, you know, you look on somebody's social media. Now they got a banner links to a website. They got a funnel. Right. Everybody's an influencer and an expert because the economy has been so good because people don't realize that they have it so easy because those that are not serious about it don't realize that in about a year or three, right, it's all going to come crashing down and they're not going to be, this is not going to be people that are not that, that are not that serious. And also people that don't realize that they're not that serious. Or yeah. that they don't realize, like, they think this is entrepreneurship, right? They, yeah. they think that like making $10,000 a month by making a few posts on social media, having a bit like they think that is social media, or, like is entrepreneurship. And to be a hundred percent fair, it's not exactly their fault that they don't know any better, right? Yeah. Because the internet kind of has screwed that whole thing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's an yeah. interesting dynamic. Yeah. And I think also like, um, so, um, some people know that I, I had a meeting last year with, with Ty Lopez and, um, I had a private meeting with Ty Lopez. And, and one of the things that I was, uh, that I got from him was he was talking about how he's like, you know, the, he's like the human psyche. So the, 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 despite what people like think about his tactics, the this guy is pretty so smart. smart. He's so like, smart. Like uh. in terms of a marketer, the dude is, I think he's literally like on genius level in terms of a marketer. Yeah. Um, for, and, for, for especially for his demographic, like yeah. who he's selling to, he knows who he is selling to better than probably anybody on the internet. 
Yeah. So I had somebody tell me one time, they're like, oh yeah, you know, he's a sales internet marketer. So I'm like, no, do, have you ever gone to his event? No, he doesn't. He sells to like millennials, young millennials, college yeah. age kids, like yeah. people trying to get on nine to five. Like he found a whole nother demographic. Right. A demographic that people were like, yeah, I don't want to sell to those people. They're not buyers. They, they don't, don't have, have money. money. Right. Exactly. And yeah, he's right. like, I'll take them. Bring yeah. them in. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things he was saying, he's like, he's like, you know, um, he's like a part of the, he's like one of the most influential things in the human like psyche, or he calls it like the, the bias, the human biases is like, it's like, like people believe what they see. Okay. So like he, he calls it like the, the media bias, you know, and, and obviously there's a lot of books and stuff written about this, but he's like, you know, like when that was written like 50 years ago or whenever it was written, there wasn't social media. <laughs> So now that like social media exists, so people, the, 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 the media bias is one of the most influential things in, in the human psyche. And it's basically a belief that whatever you see on media, AKA a video or whatever, uh, you, you believe, you think it's real. So you see a photo of somebody who made, you know, $7,000 or $10,000 or $2,000 or got 50% opt-ins or whatever. And like your brain doesn't even logically ask yourself like um you know but like people they look at something and they inherently think well i saw somebody do this i saw somebody make this money um but they don't they they don't automatically uh, understand like somebody may have made twenty thousand dollars but maybe it took them three months right. to make twenty thousand dollars and so when you amortize that out plus you figure between now when they made 20 grand and let's say the next 30 days they may not make another good check. Plus let's say they have a, a this, let's say they have uh, JVs. If they have joint ventures, they're totally screwed on 20 grand. Right. 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 Be like, literally gone. Yeah, like negative. Like, like after, yeah. after taxes and everything that you had to pay right. out. Yeah. Like right. if you took JVs taxes in, um, let's say ad costs. Yeah. Any ad costs, right. Overhead. You yeah. Lucky. You make two grand on 20 grand. Right. Now you, you know, not everybody has JVs, but still like, um, you know, you might have a partner, you know, those kind of things. So, um, but see a, a lot of people, I don't know why they, they just, they don't. Then on the other hand, you know, you have like, let's say a guy like, um, like I'll just use a guy who, uh, who I know uh, legitimately made a lot of money was like Dan Henry. Um, yeah. so people see Dan and what they don't realize because of media bias. Okay. And this isn't Dan's fault or anything at all. But, but what they don't realize is they assume that's the norm. Like well, they, yeah, that, and that's huge, dude. Like so many people don't like Dan Henry's like, I made a million dollars in eight months, which he did a hundred percent. He did like, he's shown the screenshots. I've seen it. I've talked to him, right? The dude has made over $10 million in, in courses, you know, sales now or whatever. Yeah. The thing is though, is that like when you talk to Dan and you even said this too, like you talk to him, like when he sold his first course and like for the first four months after he launched his course, like every single person that bought, like he DM them and he's like, why'd you buy? And for the people that didn't buy, he's like, why didn't you buy? And he figured out absolutely everything about making his course awesome. And then he went to the market and the market ate it up. And so he made a million dollars in eight months. Steve Larson did the same thing with MLM space. He Steve did. Larson, he, on, on stage, I was just at Offer Lab. On stage, he said that he has not touched his secret MLM hacks webinar since... It was either April or, or May of 2018, bro, of 2018. 
So he hasn't, he hasn't touched his webinar for over a year, almost a year and a half. And he's done, I forget what he said. It's like two and a half million dollars through it or $3 million. Like what? And it's yeah. because you have to get that offer right. And that is the key. And say what you will about Ty Lopez. A lot of people are mad that like, oh, when you buy a Ty Lopez program, he's not even the one teaching it, right? I'm like, I own four, three or four. I know I own 67 steps. I own social media marketing. I own, uh, I don't know, like the affiliate marketing one, the real estate investing one. I own like four or five of his, his programs. Yeah, yeah. They're incredible. And yeah. they are really well done. They're not taught by yeah. him. But like, dude, if you scroll through the Facebook group of his social, like how to start a social media marketing agency, hundreds of, li literally hundreds, not like exaggerated, literal hundreds of files from case studies to templates, to ad templates, to contracts, to like pitch decks, to email, like everything you can possibly think of. This is the type of stuff that, no offense to the ClickFunnels and Russell Brunson because it's not him doing it, but the people that are in that community would be like, they would package that all up and sell it for literally 10 or $20,000, right? Yeah. That's how, or they'd sell one of it for like 300 or a hundred, right? Like yeah. this dude just stacks so that like when you get in, you don't want to refund, right? I'm sure he right. has to deal with that whole right. crap and, and all that or whatever. But like, there's so much there that you cannot possibly fail if you do everything. And when you have a good offer, and you look at all the big wigs that have a good offer, Sam Ovens, best, best single greatest internet marketing course on the or, uh, digital course on the planet, I believe. Sam, uh, Sam Ovens, Dan Henry, Ty Lopez, even Russell with ClickFunnels. I mean, the offers that are there are incredible and they solve a legitimate problem. And, yeah, and it's funny, all the up and comers have those courses. I all do. of them. All, <laughs> literally, I own Sam's, Dan, mm -hmm. I own. Both of Sam's, both of Dan's. I own yep. four of Ty Lopez's. I own, I think all of, I, I, don't, I think the only thing that I do not own of Russell's is Funnel Scripts and Inner Circle. Like, I think those are the only two products of his that I have not bought. Okay. Yeah. So like, and part of that's just Dream 100 type stuff, right? I mean, I, I buy it. But like the other stuff is like, I, you buy it. And so you look at that and you're like, hmm. But what's crazy is, is the only person that talks about making good offers is Sam. Now Dan a little bit, but like, no offense, Russell, but bro, maybe <laughs> educate your audience on a little bit more that they actually have to have something good to sell. And I know that his market, like ClickFunnels isn't designed to, to teach you how to build a product. It's designed to help you sell it. But man, you know what I mean? And I love you, Russell. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to yeah. promote your traffic secrets. It's going to be awesome. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's totally. interesting that when Steve came out and he first announced OfferMind and that he was the offer kid, right? Like the offer guy. I was like, yeah. what are you doing, bro? I don't even know. Like, because when he first, very, very, very first told me this, because I was doing his social media and we were trying to decide on the name yeah. of the group. And um, I was like, offers? I was like, dude, what are you? He's like, bro. And I remember him saying this because this was like during the Trump, you know, the whole Trump thing or whatever. He's like, bro we're going to make offers great again. And I'm like, were they ever great? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, but now I watch so all of his stuff or whatever. We're doing a mastermind, I think here in Dallas, he was at my event and he, he was, he was small. He wasn't anywhere near what he is now. And he told me that huge. He told me that. And I go, you mean like you're going to build a whole like thing about it? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, dude, it takes us like, let's be honest, dude, we just built this offer. We sold 37% of the room and we built the, the offer in like 45 minutes. Like what, 
what, you know, I was like, I was like, what, what, like how, how hard could it be? And, um, but, uh, there's so much money made in teaching incredibly fundamental things. Right. And like, um, and so I always appreciate that when somebody's doing that. Um, one of the things that I think is, um, is a big, like, like missing piece in the internet marketing world now that I've been in since 2015, like heavily in, 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 um, is like, like, uh, like people don't appreciate the reality that most people have to grow and gradually grow their company every day. Like, like the, yeah, there's Steve, there's Dan Henry. There's a few others we can name, right? Like Rachel Peterson. There's those stories where like somebody like Rachel was telling me she did zero to 380 grand in like 30 days or 40 days or something like that. Um, she's like, yeah, this is back when like we used to be able to talk to Russell like, in the inner circle. She's like, I met with him. He gave me an idea. I went out and implemented it to the T like she, I see like borrowed money, like all this stuff went out did it all and just crushed it. You know what I mean? Like, um, but so, so there's those, right. But, but I think like people have to realize that's like when you hear somebody winning the lotto. Well, yes, but also I would say also it's the commitment level because like, you know, Rachel and I know Rachel pretty well. And I also know the backstories of a lot of, as I'm sure you do it for certain influencers as well. But you look at Dan, I'm going to use these three as an example, Steve, Dan, and Rachel. Let's talk about these three. Okay. Which they, Dan, I'm going to get you on the podcast. If it's the last thing I do. All right. We're going to have Dan on here. We've had Rachel on. We've had Steve on. Okay. The amount of hustle, focus, and ultimate sacrifice there was no work-life balance. It was for, for Steve and, and Rachel, it was family and work. There was no sleep involved, right? Like Rachel worked 20 hours a day for like two years. And so the anomaly comes, yes, you have to be smart. Yes, there is a certain factor of timing and luck and everything in there with your offer, 100%. But it's also because when you're, and this used to be me, I mean, it's what got me as big as I was. Like when you work for two years, 18, like, truly work for 18 hours a day. Not like be in your office for 18 hours a day, like work for 18 hours a day. You yeah. can do incredible things oh, in a yeah. very short period of time because you're just speeding up momentum. And yeah. so I don't think people realize like, yes, you're capable of it, like from a talent standpoint, from an access standpoint, but are you mentally willing to almost abuse yourself for a yeah for a short period of time, which many people, you know, would say like, that's unhealthy or that's this or like, whatever. I'm like, I think your body can take a lot more than you give it credit for, right? Yes, you need to take care of it long term. But there are seasons when I think you can abuse it for nine months and it'd be all right. You know what I mean? So it's like, when you're willing to do that, then you're able to get ahead. Yeah, like I grew up up in the Northwest. So I grew up like literally watching the Bill Gates story unfold. Like I remember when it was called micro dash soft, wasn't even Microsoft. It was like, it's like then they got rid of the dash. Um, like he he has said, like he had no life his entire twenties. Like he he worked every single weekend his entire twenties, and he was a billionaire at thirty one. You know, um, Gary V talks about that. Like a lot of so like you can go that route, right? <laughs> like if you want to be a billionaire by thirty. Um, but I think what we're both agreeing on here, what people should understand, is that. Um, 
I think number one, like you have, you have to understand like, like the people that, that are the, like the epic stories in, in this game, like, like, they have done things to position themselves such as work harder, but I think also they've created more leverage. And that's something that I'm really big on is like, yeah. I'm always looking to see like, cause when I, cause I never knew Rachel until we had that event last year, or I guess it was this year. Oh, really? No, I, I, never, I never talked to her at all. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. I literally did. did not ever even talk to her. We had liked a few things and we were cool, but like, it wasn't like we ever said anything. And um, so I literally PM'd her because I was like, Hey, a lot of people say I should meet you. And so she said the same thing and she's like, Hey, let's get together and talk. And so um, we booked like an hour and a half meeting and hit it off. Um, but, uh, but so, um, what, uh, what, what, when I heard about her and her story, I, I was like, somewhere in here, there's a point where she capitalized on something where AKA she created maximum leverage on something. Um, you know, and I think like, like when, even when I look at Dan, like, like Dan, I remember like hitting that Facebook ad peak when it was just getting big, but he, he came out and really, I felt like marketed himself really different where it wasn't just like, Hey, run Facebook ads for yourself. But now it was like run Facebook ads and make money doing it as an agency. And, and like, it was this whole pitch of like, Hey, if you spend a thousand, you can make a thousand a month. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was a different pitch than Max and all these other guys who had great courses were doing at that time. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, even though I, from what I heard, like Max had that stuff in his course, he wasn't like pitching it. That right. It's And it's all about how you present it. Right. Yeah. It's all about how you present yourself. And Dan Henry's a marketer. I mean, yeah, so he just outsmarted, he just saw an opportunity, created a massive amount, amount of leverage on that and just crushed it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, so, so like, but, but I think also like, whether you look at the, why we're name dropping those three people, um, yeah. uh, like that's a major like, credibility here on this. Jeez. Yeah. It's like, um, like they also, if you ask them, because we know them, they believe in the daily hustle and grind. Yeah. Right. And I think people, the average internet marketer has not gotten their head around that, that like, um, that like you might have to grind your way through 25 different losses before you hit you. You know what I mean? Like Dan had a couple different businesses. He yeah, he did. Online yeah. e-cig business. He had a, you know what I mean? Like he, he was not like, you know, never did anything on the internet. Yeah. You know? Um, and he was just a guy like waiting to blow up. Like he was a serious business owner, like had talent, new marketing, um, and he, Dan also went through, and I think one of the, and, and this strategy is not for everyone. I'm very aware of that. It was for me in my early days and I actually did some of it. It's not as much for me now because I'm a little bit more mature. Not that Dan isn't, but he was okay with this. I'm not as much. Dan called the Donald Trump effect. If you wanted to, Dan was not afraid to be polarizing anywhere. Yeah. Dan, Dan was not, Dan would get kicked out of the ClickFunnels group and get added right back in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he would cause chaos and madness, anything that he could to get the attention on him. Yeah. And it created a, I, I have to look at you effect. And because yeah. he got results and he knew how to get attention through that, while yes, Facebook ads ultimately sold his course, a lot of his brand recognition and what made Dan Henry, Dan Henry in his early days was this polarity of just, Madness, you know what I mean? Like just 
I've got the best Facebook ads course and I'm not afraid to tell you I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he would just blow everybody away and everyone would be like, who is, and I, who is Dan Henry? And I, I remember hundreds of comments, this guy's an a-hole, this yeah. guy's a blah. And I'm like, but he gets results. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, man, he, he's a, he's quite the, he's quite the character. Yeah. You can't, you, uh, to all the like, kind of like people who are, you know, your business hasn't blown up and everything like, don't ever get caught up in that wash of somebody's an idiot. Somebody like maybe they Never. are. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. No one even cares. Like, it, like, can you learn something from them or not? And you know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing that matters. And I, and especially if they're doing well, I would encourage you to try to learn and see what's going on there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think like the, the, th the thing that, that, um, that I, I really have been, um, you know, we've been helping a lot and coaching a lot in this area is just like helping people understand that like, like you're not going to get there unless you put in the work, yeah. you know what I mean? Unless you find some massive way, like if you can, you know, like, like I always say, like, like uh, I was listening to some boxers, me and Steve from 2017 and it was just, it was amazing, like listening to that and how, you know, like he's riding his bike, like voxering me, you know, like saying, Hey, I'm going to go do this. And like, just like listening to that, that Steve and, and who you, we see now. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Like, it's amazing. It's it, incredible. It, it's like and a it's live transformation. And I wish for all of you that are listening right now, like James and I are one of, I don't want to say only a couple, but a, a few that got that, that experience, right? Like Steve wasn't boxing hundreds and hundreds of people telling him his, his plans and goals, right? Yeah. We, we happen to be right place, right time for Steve, but understand that there's going to be plenty of opportunities in your lifetime where if you just keep hustling and work, you're going to get that. But I want to say like, that was an incredible experience. We have yeah. watched Steve who his unfair advantage was Russell right? Like we all have our own unfair advantage. His unfair advantage was, Hey, he was dead broke. And he, you know, sold uh, flipped funnels to for funnel hacking live and worked his butt off to get to where he's at today. Right. He has his unfair advantage, but to watch someone go out there and call his shot. And then to watch, I was, I was part of the first offer mine. I helped set up the tables. I helped pass out the, the cups and the, you know, everything or whatever. There was like yeah. 120 people there. Yeah. This last one, there was 650 people in a packed room that's, featuring that's Russell awesome. Brunson. It was packed, dude. And it, yeah. like the pictures were not like angled right to make it look. It was a full freaking room. And it was incredible. And so like to watch someone go and do that in two years. And, and he said it afterwards. He's like, you can do what I did. It's totally possible. But you also have to understand what goes into that. And for me, and one of the big things that I've been about, and, and I think that you would agree with this, but I'd love to know your thoughts, is like, Everyone that we've talked to here, Dan, Rachel, Steven, whoever, they all took an identity that they were that person. This yeah. to them was not like, I am Rachel Peterson who happens to do social media. It is, I am Rachel Peterson, the queen of social media, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that is it, right? Yeah. And it was, I am Dan Henry. I am the best, you know, freaking Facebook ads marketer on the planet. I am Steve Larson and, you know, I am the king of offer creation. And when yeah. you take that identity, if you really understood what that meant, if people really, and for the listener here, like if you really understood that, like when you have an identity shift in that, like your body starts defaulting to being like, no, if I'm not working on my goals, if I'm not furthering the queen of you know this, then like I'm failing. And you just default to doing those things. It's a double-edged sword, 
dangerous, right? Because there's a lot of negative that comes with that. But when you accept that identity, then all of a sudden, it just becomes normal. You know, yeah, what I mean? like I'm, 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 I'm working with a, a person and I'm a partner in this thing um, where um, there's this whole thing around like um, <clears throat> connected TV and Roku TV and, and Amazon fire and all that stuff. And um, so there's like influencers moving on to it, like Gary V Russell's making a big move in there. Um, and so um, I told her, I was like, look, you need to market yourself as the queen of connected TV. And I was, and so it, it, it was like, it's difficult for her to do that. <clears throat> and I was saying, I was like, look, number one, if you don't, someone else will. I yeah, hundred percent. Right. Like, and, and also like, uh, she was in a, 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 a mentoring session with Kevin Harrington and Kevin Harrington told her the same thing. He's like, you need to become like the knowledge expert, like the, the thought leader in this space. Cause yeah. Um, and I think like, um, <clears throat> what you're saying is very true around like, like, like if you don't, like you can become, you know, uh, like, um, there's a, there's a book that talks about like category Kings. I don't know. Like Russell talks about that a lot now too. Um, but you can become that like category King. Number one, like you have to declare it's your, like, where's your zone. Right. right? Just by you doing that, that's going to, that's going to make like 50% of your competition go away. And (laughs) declaring it doesn't happen with a Facebook post. Right. <laughs> right. You don't just go on and be like, I d- do declare that I am <laughs> you know, like right. it is an actual, I mean, it's multiple posts. It's multiple. It's, it's an entire messaging thing behind yeah. that. Um, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I think that lady boss girl, she's one of the first people that like when she came out with that whole thing, like, man, she just lived it. She uh, came out with mantra. Poland. Yeah. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm just like, like there, there's literally like a manifesto and you know what I mean? Like now it's just gone to millions and it's just, it's crazy. They're um, almost, I think they're almost at a hundred million, I think, aren't they? Or, or like, I know, I know they're multiple eight, multi, multi eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's something crazy how big they are right now. And, um, but, uh, but the, it's interesting. Like if you listen to Dave Woodward's podcast, when they first joined the click funnels inner circle, the Russell Bunsen inner circle, how like, they literally said, I think it's like their episode 18 or 20th or something like that. And they were, they, they were literally just coming out of like tool time and like that whole brand and going into this. So you see, like, you get this like 20, 20 minute, like snapshot of the, the key things that they gambled on then. And then you look at how it played out now. It's crazy. It's crazy yeah. to see like, cause they, they were just like, yeah, we did this. We wanted a whole new email sequence. We want an email sequence that aligns with our new brand. Like, I mean, we wanted a key core opt-in that aligns with our new brand. I mean, it was, it was some sick stuff, you know? So. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible what you can do and you just focus down on it. But I, I actually want, I want to ask you about this. I'm going to, I'm going to ask for some coaching advice here for, uh, for me, actually. I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. Hey, before you get to that, let me say something for 10 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want everyone who watches this to know that, when, when Steve or when Steve or Josh and these people are talking about working hard. Okay. This is a sign that you're doing that is when people start telling you, and I don't know how you get all this stuff done. Mm-hmm. If no one says that to you, you probably don't work hard enough. That's true. Or, you're not or, out. or everybody's telling you, you work too much. Right. Whichever one comes first, you're probably at that point where you're like, great, you've reached workaholic status. Now stick with it for nine months and you're going to, your whole life will be different. Yeah. So I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And like, 
don't listen to the masses. They all suck. They don't know. They like, they just don't know anything. Like anybody that's preaching to the masses, like, I don't know. It's just, you, you, you just can't be a actual leader by following the masses. You can't. Right. The, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like totally oxymoron, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got this dilemma is not the right word. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going, right? So I've got Think Different Theory, which is my podcast and you know the brand and everything's pretty much branded under that. And I know where that's going long term, right? Um, the dilemma I'm in is that I'm trying to decide whether I want Think Different Theory to be a business-focused podcast or brand or not. Here's what I mean. I'm going on this world trip and it's coming up. We're 33 days out until we leave, right? So like it's coming up real quick. And I've got a program, my, my core offer right now. I mean, we sold the company or whatever. And you know, so Congrats. thank you. I appreciate that. So, um, awesome. so I mean, it's, it's been super fun. But now my core offer, I'm like, I don't want to just travel and not have income for four months, right? Like kind of blow through all the savings. We're gonna dump some cash into the trip, right? So yeah. it's like, all right, let's let me let's go and do this. Cash flow is always king. Right? right. And I don't have any cash yeah. flow right now because I just sold the company except for my recurring from ClickFunnels, which is a nice chunk, but yeah. you know, it's not gonna not gonna pay for a world trip. So I've got a core offer and I'm I'm super passionate about sales. And I'm specifically passionate not just about sales, but like sales online, sales on social media. Um, sales through like personal branding, things of that nature. And so we have a program It's called Selling with Confidence on Social Media. Um, I call it just Selling with Confidence. And it is not just a sales training program. It is the, the whole sales machine, right? So there's three parts. We have the traffic, we've got the actual sales conversion process, and then we've got the actual offer where we talk about offer structure as well and how to productize your offer, even if you don't, you know, even if you think you have custom offers or whatever. So like that's kind of be the focus. It's branded under Think Different Theory. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, James, like growing up my whole life, I have been an entrepreneur. That is my identity. That is who I was, was an entrepreneur. If you didn't, like everyone claims to be an entrepreneur, I was an entrepreneur, like through and through, thick, true. And when I started the podcast, I told people this, like, this is who I was. Then Kyle died, right? Like, and I like way, way jacked up my whole life. Like way jacked up my whole life. Like more than just like, hey, like you lost a brother, like that sucked. But like, it makes you question everything about who you are and what's important in life. And sure. while I have no, I have absolutely zero fear that I will ever be financially hurting from a skill standpoint. Like if, if I was dead broke right now and I need to go make $10,000 by the end of the, the week, I could figure out how to make 10,000 bucks, right? Like I'm just- uh, my, Once my, you have the brand and the following, you can do that on the fly. It's easy. It's super, yeah. super easy, right? However- you don't just want to sell things for the sake of selling things. And by the way, let me just make sure everyone understands that. So just make sure we're not sounding cheesy or, or salesy. It's because we understand people and what they need that you can do that. And because yes. you have a, 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 you know, an open mind to help them that you can do that. And because the only way in the entrepreneur world, pretty much the only way to grow a, a, a true authentic brand is by providing actual value. Like you actually yeah. have a, have a reason to be followed. So yeah, Having an audience, and I understand you can call it privilege, call it whatever you want. It is, right? Like having an audience changes your freaking life. Like, holy cow. Like I, my friends, I love them all or whatever, but like, you, I can't relate to a lot of their problems. They can't relate to a lot of mine. Totally different problems. One is not better than the other, but my life is just different now that people know who I am. Like to the point, and I, it's weird for me now, and I've talked about this a little bit before, is to the point now that when I go to ClickFunnels, related events and Steve Larson related events, 
I'm starting to be a little celebrity. What in the last two events that I've gone to, Funnel Hacking Live yeah. and Offer Mind, yeah. there's been you know thousands of people there, whatever. I have not kidding you, probably taken 150 to 200 pi pictures with people that have you, come up and asked for pictures. You were the number one most uh, talked about person in our survey at our event. Okay, so like. I'm to this point now, like people funny, know Rachel and Steve, right? Which is insanity. <laughs> right. And every time I get on a podcast, people are like, you were awesome or whatever. And I'm like, I like, I don't really feel all that different because I'm very focused on just myself right now, especially over the last. And it's that, that transition has happened over the past, like eight months, nine months. It just started to happen at Godathon. Like Godathon is kind of what really kicked that off. I'm telling you that speech was a, a real turning point. I think to yeah. solidify a lot of things. But then Kyle died. And I'm like, I'm glad you all know who I am. I don't even know who I am though, right? Like, I don't know what I want anymore. And so my thing is, is like, I have entrepreneurial tendencies and I see myself as an entrepreneur. I always will work for myself. I will never work for an employer ever again. I don't think, um, you know, I'll have businesses. I, I've got this podcast. But building a business is different than building a content-based brand. Hugely different. Yeah. Building a business... I've been told with my podcast, Josh, if you're going to be the salesperson, then make Think Different Theory, like put out tons and tons of sales content. You're going to, and Steve told me this, not specifically for Think Different Theory. He's like, dude, if you start a podcast on sales, you will literally crush it because every single person that listens to that podcast will buy from you. He's like, everybody that listens to my, my podcast buys from me, everybody. But I'm like, I don't really sell anything on Think Different Theory. I don't have any products. Like I have a sales product, but it's not like, that's not what Think Different Theory is inherently about, right? And so I'm sitting here, I'm going, I'm about to go travel the world. We're going to have this program. That is going to be my only focus while we travel. And for you know, the students that are in Selling with Confidence right now, and you know, a lot of them are probably listening, like I'm going to be 100% focused on making that the best sales training program out there because I want to serve students at a good level. But from a branding perspective, I'm kind of just figuring out who I am. And I'm okay with it, but I'm like, just coming out of this, and I, I, I feel like I know where I want to go. Finally, after eight months, I, I kind of have a, a more solid direction. But like, what is your advice for me? And, and it doesn't have to be like, here's what I would do. I mean, it could if you, if you have that. But like to figure that out and to test things because like, I'm like, I don't know if I want Think Different Theory to be a content-based brand where I sell content essentially. And I, by my I mean sell, I mean like sell advertising space or you know, do different things, become an affiliate marketer. Or if I actually want products around everything and you know, everything to go in that direction. Does that make sense? Because like, yeah. I'm ridiculously good at sales, dude. I, yeah. I, I just am. And I... The result, we had a student seven days into the Selling with Confidence program close a $103,000 deal and another an $134,000 deal, I apologize. And then, and then three days later, close a $50,000 deal. Like our stuff works like crazy, but That's I just awesome. don't know. You know what I mean? I just, I'm like, I just don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I um, <clears throat> like have the crystal ball, but here's the things that I think about. Um, number one, I've always thought that people follow you, including me, because you're super interesting. And I think that's one of your biggest um, assets and like gifts from God is, dude, you're super freaking interesting. <laughs> like, I really think you're, you're built that way. Like your personality, the way you think, like, just like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like it's, it's crazy. Cause like people live, people feel like they live a normal life, but it's, it's all about how you see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you wake up, you're in your house or, you know, apartment or whatever, but you make it super interesting. You know what I mean? So maybe like two years ago, somebody asked me this about you. They're like, you know, what, why does, why does Josh, you know, have all these followers? I was like, like, he's super interesting. 
I was like, I find myself just watching the guy just to see what he's doing. Like, you know, hmm. um, and, and I think, I think it's your age and also just like, like older people than you 10, 20, 30 years older than you, they don't, they don't know what your life is like. Like they, they, they literally don't like, it's, it's, it's like, it's like being on Mars to them. They have no hmm. idea, you know? And so, and then I think like, like people your age and younger, um, I think it's more of like you, you, you're interesting because it's you're like a role model to them. You know what I mean? And so, um, so I think that, that's the thing I've always thought about you is like you, your biggest strength is you're super interesting. And I think like the um, the thing that like how I would like probably like roll my like if I had your like type of talent the like we're my, so when you were saying that. I was like, what would I do if I was that interesting? And yeah, that's why I'm asking you. Because I, I know I have interesting tendencies, but I'm like, what do I do with it? That's cool. So, like, what, what, what's, what's, in, what's cool about this, okay, is when, when I say you're interesting, you might inherently think, like, like it's just normal. Right. Me, right. right. Mm-hmm. But see, like, your process of going through stuff whether it's like life, the trip you were on, like all the stuff you were seeing, um, you know, dating, um, the, starting this podcast, asking these questions, like your process is their process. You know what I mean? Like they're going through that part of the process in a totally different way. But when they see how you think, they, they, people are attracted to that, you know? And so when they, th- when they see like, how does Josh solve problems? How does Josh what does Josh do? How does Josh set goals? How does like, you know what I mean? And that's, that's a true mark of like a true leader. Like this isn't like, Hey dude, I got a badge that some company gave me. And now I'm, right. I'm, I'm a dictator leader. Like this is like true influence, you know? Um, and so uh, like, like, you know, dude, I've, I've said on stage a couple times, like, I think you have a chance to be like your generations, like Gary V because like Gary V is just super interesting. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, he is. like you just don't know like what he's going to be doing. He's like standing in an alleyway. Then he's in a lip. Then he's in like, you know what I mean? Like you just then he's don't at know. the Jets game, like cussing out babies. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't understand. Like, you know, and it, it's funny. Cause like, like he could, he lives like, like, cause you know, he's a multi multi-millionaire. Like you would think his life wouldn't pertain to people, but he right. makes it like, because he just breaks it down in the normal human elements, which I think you do an amazing job of like, you know, Hey, I woke up, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like, 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 uh, like <laughs> break it down. So everybody goes, dude, I woke up. <laughs> you know? right, right, right. Um, you know, or, Hey, I'm here doing this or whatever. So I don't know. And then I just feel like, uh, inherently like that builds a lot of trust because you, you reveal your process, your thought process, your ideas, um, you know, and I think you, you know, you have enough, like uh, you have that level of humility where like, you're like, Hey man, like, this is just what I think, you know? So you're not necessarily dictating to them. You're just saying, Hey, this is what I think, you know? Um, and so I, I think like that inherently leads to trust. So I think it, to me, it like, like you're super interesting, which I think inherently quickly leads people to trust. And then, um, the only thing in terms of like business and all that stuff that I, I know that like, I've been able to help a lot of people like the model is basically, um, you know, just focus on one thing, build it and then automate it. You know what I'm mm. saying? And so, um, mm. like, 
like even like this year, like we're going to make the same amount of money we did last year, but our goal was to automate 50% of our processes and actually make more cash flow, which we had a lot of cash flow last year. Um, and, and, our, and actually, so like, uh, you know, this is probably not going to sound very good, but we, w- my goal was actually to work less on, on my business this year. So, but not just so that I can like screw around like at the pool, like my, I'm wor- I want to work less on my business so that I can actually think and go on to, and build something bigger and better. Right. You know? Right. Like um, a lot of people don't know, but I'm a part of seven different businesses right now. I'm an owner of seven different businesses. Um, so I have weekly meetings, you know, with all those partners and um, you know, like we're, we're, you know, each one is, kind of that they're like the CEO of their, of this, of this, of this brand or whatever. Um, but I'm in there just trying to help them build these all into, you know, million dollar, multi-million dollar businesses. Mm. Um, but see, I can do that because we focus on putting so much on automation, right. you know? And so, right. um, so like, like a big goal right now, even still now till the end of the year is like to really organize like things that we do and put automated sales processes because the automation, everyone's like, Hey, what do you automate? You automate the sales and the fulfillment. Those are the biggest two things. Right. So like, um, that's why like webinars are really cool or sales teams are really cool. Um, you know, so, so right. that process or, and then like, you know, can you have the fulfillment automated so that, you know, like, like I like to personally meet with people. It's just my, my brand. Yeah. So, so I move everything to like um, group calls and team meetings and stuff like that. So it's not a lot of work for me. It's still a two hour meeting and I don't care if there's 80 people on or 20 people on. It's the same meeting for me. You know what I mean? Right. Some people get super like weirded out by 20, let alone 80, let alone a hundred. We've had like a hundred, over a hundred people on sometimes. Um, but like, uh, but that's just how I do it. Right. But, but the other way to automate back end would be make it a course or, you know, so that there's no, there's no right. action, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Courses, hire other coaches and things like that. I mean, I know Scott Olford is in his models of stuff is very big on hiring other coaches and stuff. Yes. Sam Ubbins model, which is, you know, you start with done for you and then move to the, the scaling with a course, stuff like that. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, for me, I, I like the interesting aspect of things. I just, for me, I'm, I'm figuring out exactly, like, I know how to get people to follow me. Yeah. But it's, it's a matter of, I mean, I've grown 5 million followers on social media. I know a thing or yeah. two about followers, right? But yeah. it's like, what do I want to be about? And is that interesting? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Getting followers is one thing. When I ask people for money, I am not afraid to ask people for money. I am very cautious about asking people for money because the only time I ever want to ask someone for money is if I'm 100% sure I can get them a result. And if I 100% believe in the product, I will literally screw up phone calls, not on purpose, right? Like just totally butcher sales calls that I should close on things that I don't believe in. And it's like a subconscious thing where I literally will like almost talk them out of the sale. It's weird. And on other phone calls, like there have been phone calls that I've sat on where the person was not going to buy. Like they had no intention of buying. And by the end of it, they've like wrote me a $5,000 or $10,000 check. I remember Marley, who we've had on here one time. She's like, why don't you just teach sales? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, people just give you money. I've never seen anything like it before. And I'm like, well, yeah, if I believe in what I'm talking about, I, like, there's no reason anybody wouldn't give me money, right? Like I am great at making someone buy. But it's a matter of like me 
tying my name to something. And I think one of my biggest fears, and this is a false belief of mine, I think it's something I need to work on, is like, I'm so afraid that if I, the next thing that I launch, the next big thing that I launch, that my name is going to be tied to that for the rest of my life. And it's not. But it's like one of those things where I'm like hesitant. Like like Amazon didn't start with what they're doing now. Yeah, it's true. What do they start with? Books. Books, right? Like something so cheesy, right? It's like, dude, books, sounds boring, right? Like, um, like, um, think about like, like everyone has to have their fastball. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to have like that key pitch, right? Like if you can't throw the fastball, you might as well not throw the other ones. Cause the fastball sets them all, all the other ones up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like if you understand baseball, it's like, dude, if you can't throw a basic fastball, then everyone, like the curveball is not, is not. Nothing. All right. You know, you're, mm. you're, the curveball sucks cause you think it's going to be fast. <laughs> that's right. what screws your head up if you're a batter is you think it's going to come 90 and when it comes 70 and it's moving like it's actually easier to hit a ball that's moving slower and it has an arc to it like that's actually easier but but when you're looking for a fastball now you're totally screwed right and i think like 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 i think about like um all the greats dude like look at sam ovens you were talking about like he started with one core course right look at dan He's one core course guy. Um, uh, I, I remember even like, um, like Amy Porterfield, like she started with, um, like a- Amy Porterfield, you know, she started with like, um, how to build your list or something like that. This, this course that blew up, it was like lead magnets and how to build your list. And then she wanted all these other things like, like, you know, like, I, I think like, like, just cause you have that, that, like, I think you should have that beginning, like anchor product or whatever. Dude. My weird thing is, is that Instagram blew me up, bro. Like I'm still known by half the people that know me as the Instagram guy. And I haven't taught Instagram in like a year and a half. And so my thing is, I'm getting super vulnerable here. Like, and and, you know, for those that listening, like it's weird for me because I don't feel like I've missed any opportunities per se. Right. But like, I'm going to, let's go back to my, my former business partner, right? Josue stayed on with the whole Instagram thing. And he's done very, very well for himself. Now, I'm not saying I haven't done well for myself. Don't get me wrong. Like we've had, I'm very, very beyond blessed. It's not a money issue. It is a brand issue. And I'm great at b- building personal brands. I'm great at building and like doing all sorts of fun things, like st- stuff like that. But for me, I'm like, the initial thing that blew me up was building social media audiences, right? 5 million followers on social media. People know that number, 4 million, 5 million, you know, in that range. But now I'm like, gosh, don't do that. Social media sucks. Social media is ruining your brain. Like I try to stay off social media as much as possible. Right. I'm like this big anti-social media dude. Right. As I'm sitting over here teaching it. And so like, there's this weird balance for me where I'm like, I can figure out just about anything. I just got to pick one. Right. And I'm at a point right now where I don't have to pick one, which is why I'm going to go travel the world. I've got the money, right? Like I sold a company. I'm like, peace out. Right. I'll figure it out. And I think that the world travel will. It's your second exit, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The the social info, I mean, it was, it was an exit, but social info is like, it was, yeah, I guess it was an exit. I mean, we brought in a business partner. I guess technically he bought me out. It was a five figure exit too. Like social info. So if somebody bought you out, that's an exit. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's my second. I mean, Hostway technically brought me out. So technically, but like that wasn't really, I mean, that was kind of a split, right? So like second exit. So I'm like sitting here, like I've got money in the bank. I'm going to go travel. I'm going to go figure it out and hopefully gain a lot of followers and provide a lot of value and perspective. I think that the unique thing about this 
travel versus everybody else that just goes out there and travel is that I'm going to bring crazy perspective with it, right? Like I feel like one of my strong points is communication and being able to communicate ideas. And so I think that this, you know, me going on this trip is going to, when I get back, I'm going to have a much better understanding of where I want to be and what I want to do. And in the meantime, like I am very passionate about sales. I believe every single human being should learn how to sell. I don't care who you are. I think every single person, I think sales class should be a standard class in school. Um, I agree. So like, and I'm very I, I've always, so one of the biggest things I would consult on the easiest way to make money. One of the easiest ends is, is you basically teach every person who t- touches the customer about the sales process. Yeah. And, and you will be surprised how fast sales can go up with receptionists, customer service, uh, people who do billing, any of those people teach them the sales process. I mean, dude, you, you can make stupid. And you can increase it. Yep, exactly. So like, I'm good at it. There is zero question if I can get results for people when it comes to sales. Sales and social media, like, I just do it in my sleep, right? But I'm like, okay, that's a big market. Where's my niche? Where's my spot? What do I ultimately want to build a brand around? Once I decide that, it's game over, right? Like for me, it's like, all right, partner with the right people, get the coach, figure out who it is. Because one of the things that I have become overwhelmingly increasingly aware of is the importance of having a coach especially over the last eight months. The only reason I was able to sell the company that we just sold is because we listened to Sam Evans, right? And because we listened to people. Um, Tom Brady, you know that's my boy. We're going to go in 19 and 0 this year and win the Super Bowl. I'm calling (laughs) it now. Coming down to Dallas, we're about to whoop their butts. But anyway... um, uh, I know oh, you're a Seahawks fan. We'll be in Seattle. We're we're, we're, going to be clowning on people this year, if you know. You're you're 2 and 0 though, aren't you? We're clowning because we got clowny, you know? Oh, that's right. You do. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, like I was watching, like even last night I was watching. He's the only person that I like rewatch videos about because the, the dude literally fascinates me more than any other person on the planet. Like Tom Brady is just a freak of nature. But everybody that you talk to him about or that you listen to says he is one of the most, if not the most coachable players in the, in the game. And I'm like, here's the greatest quarterback of all time. No yeah. question. Greatest sports player, period, right? Maybe Ali, right? Like, like we're talking like Eclipse Michael Jordan as a clutch player and they're telling me he is a coachable human being. So I'm like, all right, that's the importance of being able to be coachable. So for me, when I get back, I've, you know, there's already people that I plan on hire. I already plan on hiring Brad Gibb for, you know, like his stuff because he's just incredible. I already, you know, like plan on doing these things and, and are setting aside money for that. But for me, it's like, all right, once I get back, I need to pick something and I need to decide what it is that I ultimately want to do. I know whatever I do is going to be done under Think Different Theory. I know whatever it is that I do is going to be about mindset and thinking different because that's what the podcast is about. The podcast is blowing up. Uh, last month, we had our you know, most downloaded months ever. It's funny, like we kind of launched and then it went down just a little bit and then it kind of went up a little bit and then it like flatlined. And then we did a launch in July and it was like, and then August went up even more. So like we're on an upward trajectory, which is awesome. Um, which will be once again, it's an audience. People need to build their audience, James. So, yeah. Like it's freaking life changing. It's yeah. just absolutely nuts how life changing email list, social media presence, or podcasting. If you do not have one of those three things, stop everything that you're doing in your business and go start one. I'm dead serious. I'm like literally hundred percent serious right now. Get a coach or consultant. But anyway, I'm just ranting now at this point, but that's kind of this dilemma that I'm in. I'm like, all right, I've got time to figure it out. I've got five months, six months. Um, sales, anybody that comes in my sales program now, they're going to crush it because I'm still involved. Once it's automated, obviously they're still going to crush it, but they don't have access to me. 
So anyway, yeah, those are my two thoughts or 10 cents, 10 <clears throat> cents. They're not just two cents. That's my 10 cents. I think it's awesome, man. I think, um, like, um, I, I, I think it's truly one of those things, man, where it doesn't really matter what you do. I think it's your values and your ethics and like that, like, <clears throat> and I'm not saying ethics, like, like you have great ethics, but I'm saying your ethics and how you would pick something, <clears throat> right. You know, that is gonna, is gonna make whatever you do really successful. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, you know, cause you, you know how to deliver good products, you know how to, you know, you have the audience for it. So yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think, um, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, I would think more to like, you know, your whys, like what, why, why do you want to, uh, not, 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 not saying this in a negative way, but why do you want to do something big? Why do you want to, uh, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and not, not, not saying it all like check yourself. I'm saying like, right, right. understand your why, you right. know what I mean? And a lot of times that can help point, point you in the right direction. Yeah, I, I would agree with that big time. Start with why. It's good old Simon Sinek. Um, yeah. All right. I have one more question for you. We're already over on time, but I mean, if, you, if you're not, I'm not in any hurry to wrap it up if you're not. No, I'm good. Um, I want to like totally switch back to almost like the beginning of our conversation because now I'm super interested in this. I don't necessarily want to make this political, but if it goes there, I'm not inherently mad about it. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about like automation in the workplace. Uh-huh. One of the things that I'm big on is personal responsibility. I think that everybody should be responsible for their own life, do their own thing. And I think that entrepreneurship and the internet has created more opportunity than anything else in the world, right? Like it's just incredible the opportunity that's right now. Uh, on the flip side of that, the there's the Andrew Yangs of the world who uh, truly believe that automation is going to wipe out like half of all of jobs in like a very short period of time. He's basically saying like, hey, we're getting to this peak where once it hits, it's going to be like mass wipeout and mass layoffs in a matter of like one year, like half of the world or half of the, you know, the country is going to be without work, which is basically why he says, you know, universal basic income is a thing. My question is, you're, you've been in the tech industry a lot and you know a lot about that stuff. I mean, you've consulted with Facebook, AT&T, like all that type of stuff. So like... Is automation and automation taking over jobs a legitimate concern? And if it is, actually, let me just start with that. Is it a legitimate concern? And turn up your volume or talk so that your volume is good. Yeah. um, I I think in the short term, like in the next 10, 20 years, I I don't think so. I mean, that's like when, when Amazon hired me to develop this thing called Amazon go. Like it's a, it's, it's not even a project anymore. I don't even know. Like it's, it was like a hundred million dollar project, a hundred million dollar project that, fl- that flopped, and they wanted to do this like manless grocery store. Yeah, it's, there's a couple of them. There's there's one in Seattle, but it's it, they restricted it to only employees now because everyone was stealing stuff. Oh really? So it didn't work because I just went past one in um where did we just fly out? Chicago? No, no, it wasn't Chicago. Denver maybe. There's one. There was there was one there, and there's one there's one in a couple of the airports that I've been to. Oh, no, it was Chicago. It wasn't the airport. It was in Chicago. It was in the, um, I don't know. There, there, there's one in the, They're not, they're not very many of them though. So, so this, this is like public information now cause it, it, they came out, but they were supposed to do a hundred million dollars in sales by 2020. I mean, there's not even, you know I mean? They, 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 this is actually why Amazon bought whole foods was they were going to transform all the whole foods around the country into a manless womanless grocery store. 
wow. like two employees and everything. So this is like literally exactly what you're saying, right? It's like, like, can you imagine like all those employees are gone? like a rope, like, like even like Amazon fresh, like, which is like, not everybody knows that, but it's like, you know, delivery service. Or your yeah, yeah. So like, I've got a whole foods down the street. I can go order. Well, like it was going to be a robot going just like they do in the Amazon warehouse. It goes and it picks something off the shelf, puts it in your bag. And then it, it gets into like a manless car and drives it over and puts it in a drone and drive and flies it to your house. Like, <clears throat> but what, what, what I, um, this is one of the only like true entrepreneurial things that I was like, I'm not doing that because I was like, this is a total disaster. This is not going to happen for at least another like five to eight years because the technology does not exist with near field communication, all that stuff for this to happen. Like right now, like if me and you walk out of the store at this, like literally side by side, it doesn't know to charge you or charge me. Mm. Like if we walk out side by side, it doesn't know, you know? So there could be things like, like, you know, people have to walk out like 10 feet apart. Like, you know what I mean? There, there are certain things like you could, you could do, but, um, it, it, but so, so my, my point is I don't think like right away you're going to see something like that, but in our lifetime, I think you could see mass consolidation of a lot of industries. In, so, oh God. You know, it like, like I always thought like, um, anybody who's like crunching numbers. So like the finance industry analysts, for people who are predicting things based on stats, um, you know, all those kind of things. Those, those are, those are the first jobs to be honest that are like a computer can easily do it 10 times faster, a hundred times cheaper and be a million times more accurate than yeah. you think can. Right. Um, you know, so, so I, I so I, here, here's what, what I think though. I think at some point, like, either like states or countries are going to have to make a decision on how much robotics in AI do they want in their, in their economy. You know, but, I mean? but should the government decide that? Well, I don't know if the federal government should, but I think local government should. Like if, like if Texas said, we don't want that, then and if you don't like it, just move to another state. You know what I mean? Like if you don't like it, just move, move somewhere else. Like it's, it's but, not the, but, but okay, I, I understand what you're saying, but like, I feel like that's something that the people should vote on, man. That shouldn't be a political thing. Oh, well, the people should it. vote on it, right? Think- but like, I don't know if it's a private company. I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, if they're using public roads and like public things of that nature, but like, I don't know. That's that's and that's this is where the whole political debate debate gets into it. But let, let's assume, let's assume that ten years from now it happens. Let's assume Andrew Yang is right or even half right. And we lose 50 million jobs, right? Or 25 million jobs. And, and this gets wiped out. That's going to happen by when he's saying it's like in like the next five years. No. Yeah. He sure. thinks it's going to be ma- a massive, massive layoffs. Uh, like in the next, that's just a marketer right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like, not, and, no. but, but he, here's a dude that he makes a pretty compelling argument, which I don't agree with him necessarily, but he's like, I worked in tech. He worked at a company that designed automation things that literally once it was designed, he watched a company, I forget, and don't quote me on this guys, like do your research, but it was like something like they lost 3000 jobs in like a 5000 job company or something like that. Like over half the jobs went away in this company after they developed the technology to wipe themselves out essentially. Right. Sure. And I'm like, but it's like, if you're building like a semiconductor chip or 
manufacturing or some type of like, number one, those jobs have been being replaced for the last 50 years already. Like and he's saying it's going to just hyper accelerate yeah. it. And the truck drivers are going to be, you know, go away. And the, the manufacturing jobs are going to go away. And any non-creative, like easy replace with a robot type job gone like that. Right. In, in five yeah. years, he's like tens of millions of jobs are going to go away. Yeah. My question is, and, and that's his argument for why universal basic income is needed. And so there is a huge argument and I've gotten into heavy debates with people on this is like, that's a horrible reason for, Oh, oh, oh believe me. I, <laughs> and, and how he's going to pay for it. He's going to tax the companies that are using automation at 10% tax or 20% tax and take all that money, universal basic income. Whoop de do. But my argument back to that is he's assuming that new jobs are not going to be created. Well, they would have to be because who's going to monitor, who's going to build, who's going to do software up, upgrades, who's going to build the hardware that is the robot, who's, you know what I mean? Like, right. I think it's like society just like, th this is just a normal trend. Like you have to retool yourself faster than ever before. This It's actually ever known, before. like at AT&T, 200, they have 220,000 employees. Okay. They're one of the biggest, like top five companies in the world in terms of the number of employees. Um, like they are telling people to retool themselves every two years. That is unheard of. You talk so about fast. Somebody, somebody who's been there for 25 years, sitting in the same chair for 18 of those 25 years is being told to retool every two. Like they're like, when do I retire? Right. And, and so, here, he, and, that, and that's the thing. So Andrew Yang's argument says, Hey, truck drivers aren't going to be able to learn new skills that fast. They're not going to be able to learn fast enough. My thing is, is like, Dude, the internet's a thing. Like, everybody has access to work. Like, you know what I mean? It's just going to free up more time, more capabilities for the creative people to do creative work, for people yeah. to have meaningful work, for people to do what they actually love to do. And while, yes, some people are going to suffer from it, hello, there's already lots and lots of people suffering now. So, yeah. like, so I, I do think that something he's saying could is, is I, I actually think it will 100% happen. I think there's going to be a, a chasm of people who are just caught in between. But that was also their fault. Like right. they should have been learning this whole time. So you know, what happens to them though? And I know this is political, right? But like, let's say there's and small numbers. Let's say it's 3 million people. 3 million people are like, crap, I have no work. I have no skills. Meh. So I'm going to go to the government payroll. And he, he's basically saying, let's just make it a government payroll. Let's just allocate for it. Tax to big companies, throw them on the government payroll. And whoop do you do? Here we go. I, I think it's going to, so I think there, there will be a lot of people, but I don't think, I think it would be immature to think that a hundred percent of those people are going to end up on the government's payroll because you look at any company right now and, you know, somebody who is a secretary or an admin on a business account for AT&T and that job gets eliminated. Now they're told to go be a project manager of tech software being developed for internet of things, technology, just like, that person doesn't know anything about it, but they can get that person up to speed in a year. Right. In, in a, a relatively short period of time. Yeah. And I've seen it happen hundreds of times. So the only time it doesn't happen is when the person has the wrong attitude. And that's, exactly. And that's my whole thing is like, we live in this stupid economy in a stupid world where it's like, if it's not convenient for you, we should cater to you. And it's like, since when? I mean, certainly yeah. didn't cater to me. Let me tell you what, like I fought through the nail at every turn to get where I'm at, you know? And like every other hardworking entrepreneur out there.
Yeah. So, so I just, I gave this, the, this speech not that long ago about, um, there's this quote that talks about like how nations are born, born stoic, which means like they're born, like working super hard, planning for the future, investing, right. Not living for the moment. And then, but, the, but all nations die in what's called Epicureanism, which is basically like live for the moment, you know, just, just live for now. Like America no one thinks about the future, literally America right now. Yeah. <laughs> so like what he's saying is Epicureanism, which is basically like, don't tell somebody who's 40 years old to retool themselves, tell them live for the moment. No, no, like they have to, they have to like, like the, if you have to go back to being a quote stoic, like number one, it's not forever. It's not like for the next 20 years, you're going to do that. And, and also there's nothing wrong with that. Like that is so right. arrogant or it's so like, like, um, you know, you know what I mean? Like that's how great things happen. So I, I don't, I don't think like interrupting that cycle it, you know, or, or trying to legislate that cycle uh, and manage it is the right answer. Um, yeah. you know, I, I feel bad for people who, you know, we, we have people who join some of our, like we coach a little bit over 200 people in different programs right now. And let's just be honest, like there's some people, they don't know the computer from the left hand to the right hand. Like, like there's people who jump into some of the stuff we do and I cannot believe they can't figure out how to set up last pass password or they, they can't figure out like how to, um, you know, go create a Facebook ad manager. You right. know, like just create the account, let alone right. like run an ad. No, right, right, saying, right. Like, create it. Like, right. Two months later, they still haven't figured that out. Like there's some people that um, it's it's not their fault or like necessarily their fault. Like like they just grew up not around that stuff. Right, which but makes people make like me so interesting. Back to your point of that. Right, right. <laughs> like like people like us. We, if you told me to go create a Facebook ad account. I could create one every five minutes. Oh yeah. Right at, at least. Right. Right. Every five minutes I could be creating one, you know, like until I run out of credit cards. Cause like, you know, like you know, everyone knows, like you think you have to have a credit card for every account now, but like, um, but like, like, so like there's people like that. So, uh, but, but see like not everyone has to move into this like super techie job. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's always going to be the need for project managers for people managing people, um, there's always going to be the need for middle managers. So. And number and the number two, I mean, like, I think Gary Vaynerchuk hit it right smack dead on the head. Like there's a lot of people built for number two, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and it's, it's very evident. I don't want to get into, into too much details, but there is uh, something local here, a local business here that I'm, you know, like know pretty well or whatever. And, uh, the, the current number one just left and the number two replaced that number one. It is not going well, right? Like it is yeah. a madhouse chaos. And it's like, that person is an incredible number two. Yeah. And you've got to know your role there where like you and I can take a brutal beating, right? Like, and, yeah. and, and still pop up and be like, is that all you got? Whereas a lot of people, and it doesn't make, if, if, if you're that person listening right now, like doesn't make you any less of a human being. It means that you know where you're at and it knows your, your, your strengths are not to take a brutal beating, right? Like I posted perfect example of this. I posted on Instagram the other day, uh, a picture of me in front of Trump tower. In, I saw. <laughs> literally bro in front of in the first two hours, like 116 people involved me. I lost hundreds of followers um, from that. And then I posted on Facebook, brutal bro, like death threats, go kill yourself. I can't believe I'm following a white supremacist pig. I like, saw I mean, that. I was like, just, ruthless and in my dm on facebook like everywhere and i'm like i didn't even make it political 
Like yeah. it wasn't even a political post, right? Like, yeah. can you imagine? And so like someone like me, I can take that and just be like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like move on and like keep on going. And I would post it again in a heartbeat. Some people literally could not take that beating and feel good about themselves. It would wreck them. And it doesn't make them less of a human. It just means that they're not in a position to do that. And I think that as the economy changes, like peep, we are, we are creatures of habit. We just are. And when the AT&T top five, you know, largest company in the world, employee-wise, like says, hey, you got to change every two years your work routine. Like it takes two years to get into a work routine. You know what <laughs> I mean? What, so that's what all the middle managers are. They're like, do you understand that people don't even know what the hell they're doing? For right, years? right. They just so learn. they get good. Uh, okay. Well, who, what, what company was it? It was, was Tesla. Tesla is already educating their, was it 2029 workforce? Like they're already training people to start in the workforce in, in 2029. Yeah. Like it's insane. So like, that's what you got to do. And to my point, I think that companies like Tesla, like Facebook, like Amazon, like Google, like Amazon, you know, like all the big tech companies are real, realize this and all the jobs that they wipe out, they're going to be like, come here. Like we'll pay you. Right. Like we took your jobs away. Let's educate you. They're going to increase their quality of life. Like Google is one of the best places to work in the country or in the world. Right. Like, Google's awesome. Like Amazon just announced 20,000 new hires and a whole mess of those were our six figure jobs. And they're going to be around some type of technology that they're working on. Yeah. You know, but not all of them are going to be techie. Like you have to know technology. Like, like this is the beauty of, of uh, what a lot of people don't realize about technology is like, if you just can understand how a system can talk to another system, yeah. you don't even know, I need to know language, how, right. code, <laughs> right. you know, like, dude, when A talks to B, like if, it, if B doesn't hear, what happens? If you, want a, if you want a great lesson in technology, just go try to set up Zapier or Zapier. That's true. That like, is seriously exactly- though. That is exactly like system, system communication, right? There. Yeah, it's cr- like I had to set it up for, and, and I don't normally don't do a lot of tech stuff, but it was, I know it was a launch week. I don't know, it was a couple months ago and I'm figuring everything out last minute. And I had to figure out how to integrate active campaign to schedule once. And we use Zapier. And just figuring out that was like, oh, that talks to that through this. This is what triggers it. That's all it is. Yes, yeah. it's way more complex than that to actually code the stupid thing, but there's a bunch of really smart coders out there that'll do that for you and they'll make way more than you. And like, yeah, you know if you're a coder or not. Have you ever been to Silicon Valley? It's like this nerd tech bubble, right? It's like yeah. weird, weird. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, like like when I used to um, bid on these these big jobs and like I used to always have some like narcissist in the room who's like, well, he doesn't know this system and that system. And, this. and I'm like, no, I don't. And they're like, well, how do you explain that? Well, like, how, how do you justify that? I'm like, dude, I know how systems talk. I don't want to know your damn system. Right. If I, I wanna... need to know like, exactly every little detail, don't tell me you don't have like 100 employees who know every little detail and I'm going to email or a phone call away. Like, I, that's not my job. I don't need to know all that stuff, right? Like, you can be a great project manager, uh, be, be involved in a team that's working on some type of technology and literally have no idea how the technology works. Yeah. You know what I mean, if you can communicate because with people... You're... That's right there. That's the key. Your job is not to know how it works. Your job is to be able to effectively communicate it to someone that doesn't either. Right. If you understand it enough to make them understand it and understand all that they need to know, it doesn't matter what you know. The fundamental key to business and everybody listening needs to just 
like write this on the wall and throw it up in front of them so they stare at it every single day. The amount of money you make is directly tied to the proportion of the size of the problem that you solve. And by the way, that problem may be the same exact problem for two different people and be worth 20 times more to one person than it is to another because the size of that problem to them is different. It might be the exact same task, which is why I can charge $500 for one thing and $25,000 for the exact same thing to a completely different person. And by the way, I have done this. In fact, I don't know if I should say who I did this to. <laughs> Someone that you guys know <laughs> that is a big influencer in that owns a, a software company. Okay. He came to us and like was a client of ours. We charged him more. Why? Because the problem was there. And yeah. because we charged him more, we gave him better attention. You know what I mean? So like yeah. people don't care. They're willing to pay for their problems. Anyway, end rant there. I just needed to get that out. No, you're right. You're right, man. Oh man. Yep. James, what an interview. I appreciate you coming on. I think we got awesome. I, thought, I thought you were going to ask me a bunch of religious questions or something. A bunch of religious questions. No, I don't know where I feel about religion right now, bro. That's kind of kind of the reason I'm going to go to the world, study the world. I have a big problem, not to get too religious. I, I, like I'm a Christian, and I believe in the Bible, and I believe in God, and and I 100% believe that the Bible is the most accurate. Um, I don't know, 2,000 years of translation. Statistically, it's the most authentic. If you right, if you, I, and I agree with that. But like logic of how people. Um, create facts of history. Like, how do you know something happened 2,000 years ago in a history book? Right, versus I mean, 10 million actually, years. There's actually a logical way that historians do that. And if you understand that, those principles of, of how they do that, and you apply that to things that happen in the Bible, the Bible is more authentic in terms of history, events that happened, when they happened, where things were, where cities right. were where Kings lived, like it's more authentic than any other piece of literature, literally. So it's that, that, that's pretty compelling. And, and it really is. My, I think my thing is, is like, I don't know. Let's leave someone with the, let's leave this conversation with people with a super, super, super deep open-ended question that we're not going to answer that I'm just struggling with so that everybody can just go and maybe we'll do a future podcast episode on it. Sound good? Sure. One of the biggest things that I wrestle with is the fact that God is like, yo, trust me and you'll go to heaven. Don't trust me and you're going to hell. When I know for a darn fact, not everybody in the entire world has ever heard about Christ. I think like, it's, it's actually denying me though. Well, dang, James. Maybe oh, I did I answer it? Sorry. I didn't... Yeah, maybe you just answered my whole life question. Maybe I don't need to go figure out anything now. But like, I, I think somebody can live in Africa or in a, in a Congo, never have heard anything and still go to heaven. I think the Bible supports that. You think so? I do. I've, I've actually shown people like, um, like people in the Bible are accountable for what they know. You can't, they're not mm -hmm. held accountable for what they don't know. So you're saying with the verse in the Bible, was it, uh, with great knowledge comes great responsibility. So you're saying the more I know about Christ, the more I should inherently follow him. Um, I, I think the more, you know, about or the more you're responsible for, about God, the more you would be responsible to, to, to live out the, whatever truth you, you, you know, you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Oh, well guys, there's your question to uh, contemplate. Uh, we're going to end with that and I'm going to move to rapid fire questions. I appreciate you coming on here. Um, before I move to rapid fire questions though, where can people find you? 
jamesmiley.com or jamesmiley.org, jamesmiley.com. Um, there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff on there. A lot of really cool free stuff all the way to people trying to grow in the millions of dollars. There's a lot of different things we're doing, mentorships and coaching and stuff like that. So um, there's a lot of really, really cool, um, just free pieces of material and courses and stuff on there. You guys can get a hold of me and Josh and Steve Larson did an awesome book that's on there. Oh yeah. yeah off Amazon. Oh shoot. I have it right here. And uh, Facebook is where I pretty much, um, um, yeah, you live on Facebook, but you're all over there. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't play around on Facebook, but I do business on Facebook. So um, I, I probably check. I'm one of the only people that like, you know, gets 100, 200, 250, depending on the day or what we're doing PMs a day. But I try to check them all. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't. Like most I give don't. up. I, I try to check them. Props to um, you. Yeah. So it's so just you- a part of my brand and what I do. It's not, not that it's a better name than else. Right. Yeah. jamesmiley.org jamesmiley.com we'll link them both below uh, do you have a Facebook group I can't remember I know you yeah. have one but is it a free one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a free one what's it's, it called uh, entrepreneurcoachingandmentoring.com entrepreneurcoachingandmentoring.com we'll link it all below um, but go check James out He's he, James is a super cool friend of mine we've been friends for a couple of years now yeah done some really cool stuff together spoken on a bunch of stages together so yeah. alright let's move to rapid fire questions and turn up your volume for answers to this. You're slightly soft. Sorry, I got, got to keep asking. Damn. There we go. Um, dream car. Do you have one? I feel like you may own your dream car, though. Bro, you, I, I feel like I do. Um, your truck only, is sick. I had the option to get a really nice sport. I don't know what I was going to get. I was looking at um, a certain... I was, Believe it or not, I was actually looking at the, the Jaguar F-Type. I think it's called the F-Type. Yeah, no, I just Uh, saw one of those. Yeah, they're sick. The only reason I actually didn't get that car, this is hilarious, is when you're like 6'2", it it is super cramped. Like it is, like like your knees are like, it just feels weird. So I was like, okay. Uncomfortable. Um, But I I actually looked into leasing um, um, like a Lambo or something. I mean, um, but, you know, one of my good friends was just like, dude, let's be honest, bro. (laughs) Like, you're an outdoors person. You live in Texas now. Like, like what if you just like stood out and were different, you know? And, um, so, so I don't know, you know, I just, um, I was like, okay, if I get a pickup, like I'm going to get like a sick one. Like, so I literally went on the lot and I'm like, I need the, I want to look at the most expensive truck you have. He's like, what? I was like, I'm not kidding. Like everything lifted, (laughs) like everything. And, um, I didn't get everything. So, like, I didn't want a loud muffler. I want to be able to like talk on the phone or do Facebook lives. Right. That. Um, but man, I love my truck. Dude, it's, it is. I, I hate Toyota trucks. And then I drove yours and I was like, oh. the whole identity thing. That's it. But man, that's a sick truck. And yeah, I feel like a tells me bro. when they drive my truck. Cause I, like people come over, I let them drive. Like I've let you drive my car. Yeah. Like, like it, it is a head turner, man. Like when you see that thing on the road, like it, it's like it's you huge. might actually, you might miss like a low car just between up, but you can't miss my truck. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. It's so big. And like how, how, what's the lift kit on that? Well, I had the factory do it all. So I think it's six or eight inches. Oh yeah. What, I remember you telling me that whatever the highest they'll go for the warranty. Yeah. So and did you like buy it or lease it? Truck. No, I bought it. You bought like it. Truck. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that truck. Yeah, like, like, like they, they were like, dude, we never even seen a Tundra that, that roll off the lot of that, that price. I think I ended up getting it for like somewhere on 80. Um, 
yeah, but I got some discounts and I, and I, and I, I talk them down. Yeah. I mean, when you're tricking it out that much, they better cut you a deal. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, favorite airline to fly. Favorite airline to fly. Man, I, I don't like flying. I hate but flying, if bro. I had to go, if I had to go like super cheap, um, so I was listening to, um, um, so I, I, I like to do um, uh, Spirit First Class. Spirit First Class is like, okay. It's really? not first class. I didn't, know, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually like, okay. Like, like you feel like you're in, you're in a better than coach seat, like on Delta or something. So, so you're, in a, you're in a nice seat. Now, it's not like super cool, but... Right. Actually, like for the price, you're like, dude, this this is a way better deal than like you know what I mean flying another airline economy. Um, hmm. So I like that a lot. My, my, but overall, my favorite airline I've ever been on, still to this day, is Alaska. Really? Yeah. So growing up in Seattle, yeah, they, they have just, so much out of there. They're just super. Everyone's super nice. Everyone's super courteous. A lot of leg room. Um, and Alaska Airlines is like the best I've ever been on. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm a huge Delta fan only because I have tons of points uh, on there and I fly them all the time. And for the most part, I think they're the best for me, but uh, Alaskan Airlines. And I'm going to have to try Spirit First Class. I hate Spirit, man. I've had nothing but bad experiences with them. But they also have so, like $50 flights. Dude, if you fly Spirit, you have to go in. You You, you have to go in like... If you fly Spirit, you have to go in like making it a joke. Okay, yeah. if you if you think it's serious, you're gonna get pissed. Okay, so you have to be like, I'm, I walk in, I'm like, is it okay if I breathe in here? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, is how much is air? Like, is are you gonna charge me for some air? <laughs> they're like, oh, that's a good one. You, you know, like like you you ha it's comical, right? Like you right. have to like that in order to not get pissed. To, you know, taking. I feel that. I feel that. All right, uh, bucket list item that you want to do in your lifetime? Be president. Like legitimately? Yeah, either, either be president or be um, on someone's cabinet. I don't want to be president, but being on someone's cabinet would be lit. Will you put me on your cabinet if, if you're president? Heck yeah. I, I'm going to hold you to that. If you're ever president, I'm on, I'm on your cabinet somewhere. Be awesome. Dude, it might be something like in my 50s. I, I seriously try to, try to get a good crew and, 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 and make a run. I tell you what, anybody that wants to run for office right now for any form of bigger office, influencer marketing, bro. I, I don't well, understand. Well, that's what I'm saying is I know I would smoke all these guys just, just through influencer marketing. Even 10, 20 years from now, I, I still think I'm going to smoke them. Also, like I, I, I would just go in being so real. Dude, if I showed up at a debate, you know, and they, they're asking like highly political questions, you know, like they're asking like, a microcosm of a real issue, but they're trying to like split hairs on it so that they can report on it a certain way. Dude, I would just eat those guys. I would eat their lunch so fast. It wouldn't even be funny, dude. Would, would you like do the Donald Trump effect or would you be nicer? I think I would be, I would be pretty, um, I would pretty be pretty real, but also like, like um, I would try to show like, you know, humility too. But like, if, if somebody's asking me, like, I don't know, they're, they're saying like, you know, like, What's your stance on gun control? I'd be like, I, I don't know. 
I, I think we should figure out like, w- what are the facts on gun control? Well, shouldn't you know all the facts? Uh, no, I'm not the president. <laughs> if I were the president, like I would have access to all the data in the world and I would get that data, put it together and find out like, what is the actual issue around mm. gun control? Like, don't, don't, don't pretend like, you know, just cause you heard it in some report or whatever, or saw somebody like, what is the actual issue? Yeah. And then also I would say like, look, anything that we legislate should be measured. Yeah. So like, if you enforce gun control, how do you know in three years if it's working? Right. Yeah. That's a bit, one of the biggest problems is it's not measured. Therefore it's not managed. Hmm. Right. And if it, if it doesn't work, like what's the repercussion? Somebody should be accountable for that. Somebody should. Somebody and should. So, hmm. Yeah. So th- those are the kind of things that I would bring in. I'd be like, look, the problem with government is no one's accountable for crap. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably fire a lot. And I might even like it. Like if I found somebody like, like, dude, if I found people like, like, you know, doing illegal things, they're, they're going to jail. I don't care who they are. They're going to jail. I don't care oh, if it's on my side or somebody else's side, they're going to jail. Like enforce I, the I, law, enforce the yeah. law. I feel that. I feel that. All right. Last question. We ask this question to everyone. Fast forward to the end of your life and you're on your deathbed, everything that you've done, your whole presidential campaign, it's gone, all your money's gone, all your stuff, your gun control laws are all gone. Uh, However, every single person that you've touched and influenced in your life, either directly or indirectly, you get to leave with one final message. What is that message to them? Follow Josh Forty. Wow. (laughs) Mic drop. Let's go. All right, would you like to come back for interview number two, James? No, I'm just kidding. Man, I I would would tell him... uh, that um like no 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 i think i think no matter what like if you can find out how to um how to like add more value to to things than you take away like even when i jump on this like my prep is like how do i add more value to this you know what i mean like how do i you know what i mean like that's how you you even even like you know you 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 can do i guess can can have a great episode and you, you know, you grow your stuff and people grow and people like, you got to think, but see most people, I don't know about your, your candidates that come here, you got pretty good people, but most people who go on podcasts, they're thinking all about themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, I, I think like that, that's, that's what, um, I think that's the biggest thing. I think if you, if you, um, if you think about that, I think you also come to things like, truth, religion, you know, all the, a lot of those kind of things you, you can figure out if you're truly trying to help people more than you're trying to take from them. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think it's an interesting point there about like the whole podcast thing too, of like, it doesn't matter if you're the person being interviewed or interviewing, like you go in trying to see how you can help the other person. Like I, I've sat on interviews literally with three live viewers before recently. And still brought absolutely insane value and asked how we can help and serve, right? Because when you treat people with like that, like the energy of the universe just, I mean, it'll come back to you. I I firmly believe that. So James, incredible, incredible interview. Thank you for your time. I know we went a little long, but I think it was well worth it and good. Um, Yeah, man, we'll have to do it again sometime. I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you and all your followers and uh, I'll see you around. Absolutely. Guys, this has been Think Different Theory with... Josh Forty and James Smiley. Um, like I said, we'll link all of his stuff down below. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love you all. And I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. 
Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh Forty or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.